by the GRU in the, I think six years ago, and we learned nothing out of it. And we did do not do, don't do anything about it right now. So it's, it's insane to the, what is done right now by the current government. But I, as I stated, it's in fact, because they, they can't uh, come to a mind because they are split among the party view, more or less. And I guess just for my own curiosity, I know like in, you know, 1910 or whatever, there was like a big like Russian expat community, right? Like Lenin lived there for a while and various other uh, prominent Russian, uh, you know, people that were basically more or less kicked out of the country. Is, is there still like a Russian community in Switzerland? Are they influential uh, or is that just kind of a, a historical relic? Go ahead. Yes. And so when Switzerland was founded as a federal state, uh, we heavily imported foreign academics and 50% of all students uh, in the 19th century at Swiss University were Russian. Uh, there you would think that uh, there is a close connection between Switzerland and Russia from, that by, from back at that, that time, but uh, in fact it's not. So there's a real little uh, Russian population in Switzerland, which makes it even less convincing why we should stay aside because, I mean, that we, it couldn't create a con, not even a conflict here in Switzerland because the few dozens Russians that live here and the few Ukrainians that live here, they are they're not uh, they are not uh, any threats to public order or so. I mean, it was different in the Yugoslavian wars, but now this is so far away and we have really no connections to it and also no direct influence, right? Um, Pendolina is a question from a, a value listener uh, asking, has there been any sort of proposal of, ref- of a referendum on some sort of action or are there cantonal governments that are more representative um, than the federal government perhaps? And is there any power in the cantonal governments that could actually do anything? Um, uh, there is uh, the cantonal, uh, so the, the, the Swiss states, um, they are uh, open uh, to take in uh, refugees from Ukraine and uh, similar to the European Union without any restrictions. So they are even easier to get uh, in than Europe, uh, citizens of the European Union because there are no restrictions applying at all. And uh, I think this is a good thing that they can do. Um, but um, it is, uh, in, a, in a war far away, um, the, they have, the cantons have, the states, they have no means uh, to provide anything there uh, without the help of the federal government, I think. And that's why everything which is uh, outside of Switzerland uh, needs the backing of the federal government. Well, of course, as soon as people are here, it's really not a problem. I don't think that support uh for for uh for ukrainian uh, that uh, made it here is somehow swindling or so no that's absolutely not the case but uh it's it's a thing where big uh only the big players can step in and the swiss states they're really tiny and uh, haven't even the capacity to move anything on the international level right and maybe of course the gdp of the canton of zurich is higher than the one of uh ukraine I mean, from a financial side, we could really support them. I think this is a really good point to underline, right? Switzerland is a very rich country. It's a very capable country if it tries to be and and tries to assert itself, right? Or even a 
effectively the the city and the region of Zurich of Zurich alone, you know, can can yeah. do a lot if there was yeah. a, if there is a will and an attempt. Yes, it's also something. I think this is also a narrative of the of the Russian uh, um, propaganda that uh, somehow the Ukraine would run out of uh, financial support by the West, which is other bullshit. Uh, last year's uh, budgetarian deficit of the Fed, German Federal Republic was bigger than the entire Ukrainian GDP. Uh, I mean. It's really not uh, that we couldn't afford it to support Ukraine. And I, and I don't think that this, this thing would dry up. It's more the military support that concerns me more. At the very least, the Gepard ammunition now got a workaround by the Norwegian manufacturer. Right? Yeah, Switzerland. Switzerland uh, the good thing is <laughs> they were somehow aware of all these uh, shitty things and they gave away, of course, uh, full licenses to other countries. Also, the Swiss arms industry is fully owned by foreign uh, by foreign companies. So the uh, early Contravers belongs to Rheinmetall and Movac, who produces the Piranha tanks, and everything is uh, part of uh, I think General Dynamics. So it's a U.S. and Erlikon thing. Erlikon is part of uh, of Rheinmetall. Thought so, yeah. yeah. So and they should should have places in the world with their respective licenses to to provide uh, the stuff from there. So if you want to see uh, Swiss Piranha uh, APCs in, um, in Ukraine, they would have to come from the United States or Canada because they have tons of them, but not the ones that were sold in Europe because the ones that were sold in Europe were sold under the Swiss uh, marketing licensing. Uh, thing, but on the Roger. other hand, we had we had many surplus Leopard two tanks. Um, we 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 sold fifty of them back to Krausmap uh, by Wegman a few years ago, and there was the discussion if there are any restrictions on them. And the Swiss government surprisingly said no. The KMB can do whatever they want with them, so they could even send them to uh, Ukraine. Because they've been returned to Germany, right? Which is the country yes. manufacturer, so exactly. It's, exactly. it's the original stuff that's pending as opposed to, right? Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Pendolino. Uh, Spring, do you have one last follow-up for Pendolino before you go to Nina? Yes, it's a very short one. Um, it's just a matter of curiosity because um, it's two small questions. How is the Swiss army? Because um, I would guess that a neutral country didn't have a big army and I'm a bit... Uh, surprised that uh, you are speaking about combat cars and stuff like that. And secondly, is um, did I understand well that uh, Switzerland has an industry of weaponry? Thank you. Uh, yes, Switzerland used to have a big army. Uh, it was considerably reduced uh, over time. Um, but uh, I would say we have humongous stockpiles of weaponry that could be very well used in Ukraine. So we have, I would say, for sure, more than a million uh, shells uh, for uh, the 155 calibers and also for the mortar. Um, And um, we also, we also, uh, and that's that's maybe one thing uh, that is not so public. um, Swiss uh, Swiss Army procured um, end laws from Sweden. Uh, I think around 
3,000 rounds in three batches. And um, Switzerland gave up on the first batch uh, in favor of the United Kingdom. And the United Kingdom used then this batch to send it over to uh, Ukraine. So if it's possible that uh, Switzerland somehow uh, gets out of the circle, then then it can be an option. So uh, the laws, the Swiss laws are now in Ukraine, uh, but uh, currently there are no other procurements. With the, I think the only ex uh, exception there is the Patriot system that we are currently buying. Maybe if there is a shortage in Patriot systems, it could be possible that Switzerland could wait on their batteries a few, maybe a year longer than if it's currently needed uh, elsewhere. Uh, that's the only thing. And Swiss weapons industry, yes, as I said, I mean, it's, uh, they are not really domestic weapon industry, yet with the exception of RUAC, which is primarily producing ammunition. But um, uh, since they are uh, set up internationally, they have other ways, let's say, to, to, to sell their stuff, even except uh, or despite of the Swiss neutrality and weapons export controls. Because when you look at the United Arab Emirates or so and Yemen, there are tons of Swiss weapons used there. Thank you. They make a pretty good knife, too, I've heard, Doman. Not just one, two. <laughs> so there's too many factors. That's why. Um, thank you so much, Pendolina. Thanks for the updates. Um, I would love everyone to again share and retweet the space. Click that big blue button on the bottom right corner. Uh, add some tags, tag some people in the space, tag some people who aren't in the space, tag some people whom you'd want to hear from. And uh, we'll get back up uh, to an appropriate number of listeners. Nina, thank you for thank you so much for waiting. Hope it wasn't hope it wasn't too bad. Uh, thank you. Actually, it was a really good learning experience uh, because, <clears throat> yeah, crikey, uh, I, I thought it was only like uh, Germany and France and uh, and uh, Italy that have like problems uh, uh, with the governments. But now I see that uh, Switzerland is also, uh, I, I knew about the, how, how the government is like, but I didn't uh, think it's like, uh, this extreme, like uh, extreme far, extreme left. Mm. Uh, my question would be, after all listening to all this, that uh, how does the media see the the uh, war in Ukraine? And uh, I understood that the far right has uh, in the government, but uh, good connections with uh, Putin, as is not not no surprise to me because yeah, and. Uh, uh, the media and the, the uh, average people, the public, what are they thinking about this uh, supporting Ukraine? Uh, and uh, also, uh, yeah, that's that's the first question. I had another one. If you can answer that, then I, if I can have, have a follow-up on that. Thank you. Um, Pendolino, uh, yes. Yes, yeah. Um, I, 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 I wanted to have a look. Um, on the, so when you have a, a look on the far right uh, leading uh, newspapers, Nebelspalter or Weltwoche, their last, the last week's uh, um, uh, title story was how, how mistreated uh, uh, Russian billionaires are in Switzerland. So uh, because of sanctions that apply to them. 
<laughs> and I thought it was would be somehow satirical, but it was a real concern that they raised, right? I mean, poor billionaires. On the other hand, this is not the mainstream. When you have uh, a look into the three main uh, stream media, so Zürcher Zeitung, Tagesanzeiger, and Blick, they are very well outspoken pro-Ukrainian. And from the way they are reporting uh, from the ground in Ukraine, they are not or or have never been uh, like the German newspapers where you could read so many articles about how bad the situation is that the, the imminent collapse and defeat of Ukraine is only a few weeks away. I've never read such articles in Swiss newspapers because I think they, uh, they have really good reporters on the ground and, and see uh, where Ukraine has its advantages. And so the narrative that is spin here in uh, or spun here in Switzerland is that Ukraine can can sustain uh, the war against uh, Russia with the respective help uh, from the West. And uh, I think this is also what you can see in polls uh, of Switzerland. So and because we are not depending really on gas, uh, because gas hasn't any big meaning in the Swiss energy mix and also oil. We source our oil from mostly from Nigeria and get it via Genoa, so from the south, uh, from via Italy. So uh, we, we have no exposure on the energy side that really concerns us. Uh, it's a bit of a discussion, but uh, it's not really a threat to us. Um, uh, there's also no reason why we, we, we would uh, see, um, see it as, a, as an issue to support uh, Ukraine uh, from, a, from an individual point of view, right? So the Swiss public is very well in favor of uh, supporting Ukraine. However, the government is reluctant for the reasons I uh, explained, uh, tried to explain somehow. Uh, and the politics could be really different, right? And uh, the, the, there wouldn't be a big opposition in, uh, from the, also from the media side if we, if we would go in this direction. So there are no open ads running in, uh, in the uh, top media papers who would, uh, who would tell us, well, maybe it's better uh, that uh, Ukraine gives up um this is the only something that you would then read in the far right paper but this there that's their viewpoint anyway and no 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 uh, so it's really split between the public support for ukraine which is really solid and the hesitant uh, take on it by the federal government but i mean this isn't the real problem as uh, only towards ukraine the current government is unable to do anything on the international uh, parquet for, for years. They are totally incompetent also towards the European Union, the United States and everywhere. Thank you, Pendolino. And if I can have a follow-up, Domen. Certainly, Nina. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned that um, uh, but, uh, the Switzerland uh, uh, media, at least, uh, is in favour of helping uh, like the western countries helping ukraine this is like a kind of a funny thing they don't think that uh, switzerland belongs to the western countries 
just like some kind of rhetorical question. And uh, yeah, and also, uh, when will there be a new election in in your country? Do you think that uh, things would change now when the situation is like this? And also, it's like uh, um, it sounds like Switzerland is like really confident that uh, nothing will happen to Switzerland and they don't need to to like have a big army or anything and uh, they have the connections with uh, Putin and uh, so uh, they, would they just like uh, if if Russia would win the war they would just say that yeah welcome Putin to our country also thank you um from so the the, the next uh, federal elections are in 2024 and it could really lead to a reshuffling of the party structure in the government and uh, one of the parties that could enter the federal government is are the green liberals and uh, or the greens and both parties are pro ukraine and very and indeed not uh, supporting the current uh, Swiss take on neutrality. So some of their, um, some of their exponents even came up uh, for supplying uh, military aid to Ukraine. So also this side of uh, the political spectrum exists even in Switzerland, because for instance, in the First World War, and we were pretty close to join the Germans uh, in their war effort, right? And uh, neutrality means that you're neutral as long as nobody attacks you. The moment you're getting under attack, you're no longer neutral. And that's why the Swiss uh, defensive lines were only uh, directed towards the east, uh, towards the Soviet troops that were situated in the Czechoslovak uh, Czechoslovakia because there were the troops that would invade, could have invaded Switzerland. And um, there was uh, also fully, comp uh, fully interoperable with uh, NATO stuff, also from munition side and everything. So neutrality is, uh, on the other hand, always a nice card to play when you, uh, uh, to to avoid uh, any repercussions at the initial phase of conflict. But the longer conflict lasts, the lesser it's possible to stay out and you have somehow to manage your, uh, your, your stance on it. And Switzerland already did it somehow in a statement at the early beginning that they said, they take over every sanction that the European Union um, implement. Uh, I think with the exception for maritime traffic, which is not really an issue in Switzerland. And uh, they did so, so far, even for things that you would think that are controversial. So if the European Union decides that uh, financing of oil trades or everything would become at some point on the sanction list, Switzerland would follow. I mean, I think you're wrong to discount the maritime traffic, right? On Bodensee and Lac Le Mans, this is, this is a serious problem. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we have really big lakes in Switzerland. Two of the three largest lakes of Europe are in Switzerland, right? I think the Finns might have a problem with that. <laughs> Um, no, but, but Pendolino, seriously, right? It, it, actually, shipping does matter for Switzerland quite a lot because uh, MSC is headquartered in Switzerland, right? The Mediterranean yeah, yeah, Shipping yeah, Company. Yeah, all, the, all, the, all these uh, 
all these operations hubs there are here in Switzerland, of course, for social security purposes. Also, this air, for instance, these discount airlines, they're also all in Switzerland. Um, uh, but I, I mean, the thing is, or the issue with this is that these are also excluded uh, from EU sanctions right now, the, the whole energy part. Maybe I think Switzerland is, uh, is the biggest uh, gold trading hub for for real gold, for industrial purposes. So the chip industry doesn't source its gold in India or Dubai, but uh, from Switzerland. And if they, if the European Union now implements a gold uh, trade ban from Russia, it really affects Swiss business as well, right? Thanks, Mendelina. Uh, Nina. Yeah, I was just thinking that uh, uh, now if Switzerland can't even get the gold from Russia, that's like a, yeah. I think Switzerland has uh, enough gold for the time being. Yeah, but uh, I think that Russia would like to sell their gold to somebody who would pay pay for it. But yeah, anyway, uh, I, I want to thank you, Pendolino uh, and, and Spring, for asking really good questions and uh, uh, thank you, Dormen, for hosting. It was like uh, uh, very interesting to to hear about this and and broaden my uh, like picture of the situation in Europe. And because I have I have to say, before the war, I have been living in kind of a Finnish bubble here. Not not complete. I I I am following. I have always been following uh, politics, but uh, uh, like uh, this has been like something really new and uh, what putin wanted to to like uh, divide and conquer uh, europe in a way it has uh, he has uh, uh, succeeded in it, in it but uh, uh, i i hope that we can pull everything together in in europe and and resist this aggressor thank you and i will leave now and, and thank you very much thank you for joining us nina just remember to share and retweet. Uh, again, everyone, if you'd be so kind as to share and retweet, it's basically the big blue button in the bottom right corner and uh, we can get some more people up and around. And thank you, Pendolino. I have a bunch of other questions that trickled in, in, in DMs, such as, do you agree uh, that the best chocolate in the world is the Mikros own brand chocolate? Uh, but I, I don't think that this is within the remit of the space. Yeah, it is. Um, it's really good, but you should watch out for Camille Bloch which you can also buy uh, in the United States and elsewhere. It's kosher and it's the best with chocolate. No discussion at this point. I guess I was curious, like, do you think that this idea of neutrality is important to, like, young people in Switzerland? Because I guess, like, you know, back in, uh, I, I guess you're pointing more to, like, 1815, but if we go back to even further to, like, medieval times when the Swiss Confederation was created, right? Europe was a very different place. It was a place of competing, you know, regional powers and 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 wars and sort of border skirmishes to adjust those borders. And I mean, obviously, things have changed. And, you know, Europe is very different. The idea of Swiss neutrality, it seems very rooted in, as you put it, like, how close the threat is to Switzerland physically. And uh, apparently in the sort of Swiss mind, at least from what I'm, tr- I'm gathering from you, Russia is very far away. This is not something that's seen as like a, a close threat to Switzerland. So that being said, like because the EU is now a thing, you're in this, you know, larger framework. Is it 
is Swiss neutrality still relevant, do you think, for the younger generation? Or is it something that, like, the older uh, government people kind of hold important, but the regular people don't? Go ahead. Um, you would think so, right? But uh, there was uh, last week, I think, um, they published a result of a poll about Swiss neutrality uh, uh, conducted by the Swiss ATH, one of the world leading universities. And they came out uh, saying, well, more than 80% favor Swiss neutrality over taking the position that we should ally uh, with the European Union or becoming part of NATO. But uh, the thing is, is when you have a view on something uh, which is around you and it's really not affecting you, then then why should you take it into uh, uh, into question, right? Put it into question because when the poll came out, they also asked, <laughs> "What do you mean by Swiss neutrality?" And then there was a big. Uh, big uh, bouquet of answers. And in fact, uh, despite the fact that 80% of the, the people ask uh, favors with neutrality of uh, everything, they, the, the majority of the people would say, no, we should really become really interoperable with NATO and uh, train with them and uh, look forward to, to uh, work together on an international basis. So neutrality is a, it's just a slogan. But uh, when it comes uh, to the to fill it up with political decisions and uh, how to interpret it, I think it's really open. I, I, I don't see it as a as a as a thing that could uh, has to survive uh, for the next century, for instance. I mean, it was OK in the past, but it was uh, but, but for now, since the European Union came into existence, uh, Neutrality doesn't mean um, we have to be neutral because we are under direct threat. This is no longer the case, right? And so maybe it's also time to abandon it to a certain extent, but maybe not right now giving up the, 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 the whole concept as such. So you can, you can become uh, a NATO uh, um, partnership for peace or so, what was it called in the 90s? So somehow closely allied, but not part of the, the whole system. And I think this would be possible for Switzerland also. Also considering the fact that we now uh, found out that our army isn't that good anymore. Plus, um, uh, there is a threat in Europe in existence. And uh, maybe we should uh, prepare for the even unexpected but still possible events that uh, some things escalate, right? Thanks, Bindelina. Uh, did the Vatican comment anything on the Swiss supposed disbanding of army, according to that one party? The, the Vatican or what? You know, because the Swiss guards are protecting. Ah, them, yeah, so. but they, this, this is anyway only for the Catholics. Uh, all the Swiss Protestants couldn't join them anyway. Um, but we paid them a new, uh, new barrier. Uh, this was a big, uh, big issue because why should Protestants cantons like Zurich pay for a Catholic barrack? Was a huge scandal. And then <laughs> they vetoed Zurich vetoed uh, to buy to pay anything to the Vatican. Thanks, Pendelina. Uh Daniel, Joseph, one uh, answer non-Swiss. 
Do you hear me, Joseph? Now we did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, answer very, very unsweet. And it's calling like that. Imagine where Kim Jong-un will go to have his school or uh, where uh, an African dictator need to put his money or his health. Or imagine something like uh, you have an American billionaire and you want some retreat and calm. That is the neutrality for Switzerland. For me, Switzerland always look like Nazi gold and duty in the banks. Sorry, I cannot appreciate the clocks and chocolate. Thanks, Daniel. Um, hey, just a quick announcement. In five minutes, we're going to restart the space because there's a glitch that's preventing people from uh, actually joining. Uh, that's why uh, the population is as low as it is. And there's no way to fix it without the restart. So, ladies and gentlemen... In five minutes, exactly, we're going to be closing the space and then restarting a new one uh, immediately. And there will be a quick, so quick jump between one and the other. Uh, sorry for not engaging, Daniel. Um, yeah, Pendolino, do you have anything to, to say to Daniel? I think a lot of people in Switzerland are very well aware of the, let's say, history uh, and the details of that. Uh, yes, yes, of course. I mean, and as I said, uh, um, I think it's... Uh... It's a bit more complicated. Um, it's also, you know, the, the picture of these Janus uh, hats. So you have two hats of the same of the same uh, thing, and it has the good thing with uh, Swiss humanities, Red Cross, and everything. On the on the other hand, it has the downside of all of it. So someone has to pay for it. They are greedy people and we protect them. We protect everyone. So also the, the greedy ones, right? That's, uh, I think, the, the trade-off here. So we are not a moral uh, institution. So Swiss, Switzerland would not educate uh, the other countries about moral things as the Germans try to do. That's, I think, that's a big difference. Right, you know, it's with the, the Germans know what to do, the, what is the best for other countries and how to behave. Switzerland would never uh, tell this uh, to other countries because we are know we are <laughs> somehow corrupted by our uh, feelings and needs and everything. Thanks, man. I think it's been a really can good, I uh, say it sounds very Russian. Well, well <laughs> I could I could bring this up the same for Israel right now, right? Nope. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, you can you can bring it up for Turkey, for Israel. Um, Turkey is not Israel. Please don't go there. No, 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 no. I don't. No, no. But uh, but uh, but uh, there are. If a Swiss talk about Israel is like uh, using a Molotov cocktail in a gas station. Please don't do it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But. It just, I just wanted to say, well, there's always this, there are always these two sides of a, of a thing. And uh, currently all the bad things now show up uh, from the Swiss thing because we are, we are reluctant to provide the good things, right? And usually when you do many good things, then you can cover up the bad things that you do as well. But as soon as you're only, you're not providing any good, then of course everyone can point on the stuff that you're not willing to do, right? I think that's the main issue here. And uh, mate, this has mate, to change. you can talk about Palestinian thing 
when you sell weapons to kill Yemenis. So, sorry, but not sorry. Ah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't talking about Israel and the Palestinian conflict. That's no, I meant uh, Israel and Ukraine, Russia. That was the thing that I was I mentioning in think in relation to Russia. It's it's good to remember that um, Israel is doing a lot more uh, that's under the you know that, that's that's yes. un, right yes, than than exactly, than is shown. Exactly. exactly, that's it. That's it. Right. Oh, on the other hand, you can you can point out and say, well, pooh, how many oligarchs have now a new permanent residency which is undisclosed, right? Absolutely. That I think that that's a that's a really good point. I think that it'd be great if uh, you know we can extract the appropriate uh, quantities of money and power from those oligarchs as well that have relocated to various other countries. Just a public service announcement: we're restarting in just under one minute. So just under one minute, the space will close. Please follow the Maria Report host account. It's in the top left corner of the screen. And um, follow that account so that you can see when the new space goes up. Um, just a few seconds time. So Maria Report, Maria Report is where the new space is going to be, you know, just like this space is. Uh, but we need to restart it for technical reasons. So in just a few seconds, Axe is going to shut down the space. Uh, I'm going to keep on talking until that happens. And the space is going to shut down and the new space is going to spring up momentarily at Maria Report. Maria report the space is going to shut down in a few seconds time and a new space is going to spring up immediately on the Maria report. Uh, so Maria report, the current space is going to be shutting down and the new space is going to uh, come up immediately.